0: Life's good! Never on! Whoa! Hard! Hardly! Yes. Come on, friends! Life's good! Got real close. Got hair high, right? Trying to hit two thirds. Have they no. saved oh. it for her? It. Yes, they have! Welcome to Game of Thrones, everybody. I am Sean Graham. Scott is not alongside, as always. Scott is off in Poland. For a work event, as people do in the spring. You know, where else would you rather be than Poland in March? So uh, I am flying solo here on a Sunday night. Scott will be back later in the week for our Women's World Championship preview, but the Briar final has just ended. And, you know, it was on the fence about whether or not we'd do a solo episode this week, but that was a terrific final with Kevin Cooey capturing his fourth Briar championship with a 4-3 victory over Team Wildcard and Brendan Botcher. And, you know, we've talked about on the show a lot about how you know, scoring and, and blank ends can be bad, and, and it's not the most interesting to watch. I think this game was a pretty good exception to that rule, where you know, two nothing at the break, six and the seventh were also blanked, and you know, you got it's two nothing after seven ends, and yet it was an interesting seven ends. There was a lot of rocks in play early in the end, some great doubles, great play of the angles to get those blanks. So. It, it it may be a little misleading. It's not quite as bad as the Epping-Howard uh, final was in Ontario last year or even this year's Manitoba final where it was pretty up and down and, and just open ends. There was a lot of play. Both teams were trying here. And, you know, let's just get into that final and, and the 10th end where Kevin Cooey, And Team Alberta was not particularly set up well in the 10th end. Brandon Boncher was able to keep things pretty open. They were in control of that whole end. There was one corner guard that Kevin Cooey had. And on his first, he makes a a tough shot. He has to basically paper his corner guard on a little hit to get a flop underneath that guard and he's sitting second shot. Brandon Botcher has one in the forefoot uh, you know on, over the, on the overhead. Cooey is on the left side of the sheet botcher's sort of T line on the just on the right side in the forefoot and the call that they make is to draw in behind the corner sort of parallel with their shot that is in the forefoot and Brendan Botcher is just too deep. He comes to the back of the 8-foot. He gives an angle for a double for Kevin Cooey, which he makes. You know, it was very close to overcurling. And if it over-curls, if it curls another millimeter, it might go over the top of the Botcher stone at the back. And Brendan Botcher is the national champion. But instead, great sweeping. By flash and Hubert there to, to hold it and Cui makes the double not by much you know he the the shot that Botcher threw they had to move it about eight inches and uh, they moved it eight inches it wasn't uh, it wasn't a two by a lot but he made it and and what's interesting to me about that end is. That is the epitome of a skip's deuce. The end was not set up well for Kevin Cooey. He makes an absolute pistol on his first one, and Brendan Botcher is just heavy on his second one, and it gives Cooey the opportunity. And and it reminded me of a situation at the curling trials the Olympic curling trials which were here in Ottawa and I know I've said this on the show before but I asked Brad Gushu why do we keep seeing the same teams over and over at Briar playoffs or Canada Cup playoffs in that case the trial playoffs and his answer to me was that we're the best skips you know that, that Gushu, Kui, um, at that point McEwen that they're the best skips they're going to keep showing up in these finals Jacobs is part of that group as well and It's true. (laughs) They're the best players in the world, and that's why they keep showing up. And when you get to this point where he really has nothing to work with, yes, there's a corner guard there, but Kevin Cooey goes to throw his first one, and Brendan Botcher's sitting two in the forefoot. And and there's not an obvious double there. It's not a great spot for Kevin Cooey, and he gets just a little bit of a miss. He makes a great shot. gets a little bit of a miss from Brendan Botcher. And then he's able to make a tough shot in his last one, and and that's one of these things where you know the the difference between club level play and elite level play. There's you know you could probably play that end a thousand times in a club, and the team with hammers not getting a deuce, yet at this level, Kevin Cooey's able to make that shot. All credit to him. Brandon Botcher. It's weird, you know. We, we joke a lot, you know the the slide path late in the game and it gets fudgy and, and all this and who knows if that was in his head as all or, or if he's just a guy trying to win a briar if he makes that shot his last one in the tenth end and he forces Kui there's whatever a, an eighty percent chance he wins in an extra end maybe that was in his head and as a young player still trying to you know be able to settle in that moment who who knows or if they just thought it was going to be slower because it was in that slide path and he missed it. And and, and again, he misses it by three feet. It it wasn't a big miss. But just give Kevin Cooey that little opening and he takes it. So certainly all credit to them for that win and to Kevin Cooey personally for being able to pull that off in the 10th end. Uh, The other thing that really stood out to me from this game is Team Botcher and and Brendan Botcher in particular. He was so patient in this game. He gets a force in the second end, he gives up a steal in the fourth end, and then blanks in five, six, and seven. And he was trying in each of these ends to score. He was going for deuces. He was, you know, Kevin Cooley was throwing center guards. He was coming around. He was mixing up, trying to get angles going. But he wasn't overly aggressive. And that's something that we've seen in the past. Certainly, if you think about two years ago, when this team was there for the first time, back in 2017, and I believe they went three and eight. And they were just very, very aggressive. And here was a situation where that patience almost paid off for him towards the end of the game. But, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh end is particularly in that seventh end. You know, you really, in this, you're trying for it. I mean, it's getting late. You're down by two against one of, if not the best team in the world. And the patience that he showed to just let those blanks go. You're not gonna go too hard. You don't wanna give up a steal here because if you give up a steal, the game's probably over. That patience was very, very impressive from Brendan Botcher and watching this game. The eighth end sort of gets a deuce out of nowhere. And you know, if you go back, once Curling Canada posts this game on YouTube, I would encourage you to go back, watch the eighth end because again, the difference between club level play, elite level play, there's a point in the end where Darren Molden's throwing, and there's... Vic referred to it almost as Mickey ears, which is true. I mean, if you go to Disney, the hidden Mickey is basically three circles. And there's three yellows sort of in a Mickey type of a, an arrangement, and Brendan Botcher has one in the middle of that. And at the club level, the team throwing red, who's in the middle of that is not in good shape because you can't get rid of those other stones very well at the club level for, in, for the most part. And yet at the elite level, that situation was very advantageous to Botcher. And again, we, we talk on the show a lot about the difference between club and elite play. The eighth end, to me, is the epitome of that. Uh, and then the ninth end with a tie 2-2, it was really hard to tell. You know, Botcher was sitting 2-2. Kevin Cooey goes to throw his last one, and it was really difficult to tell whether or not Cooey wanted to score there. You know, this debate that we've had in the past about is it better to be up one without or down one with. The numbers would suggest historically it's better to have the lead, but that is in the four rock rule, not in the five rock rule. So, you know, we, we, we've we seen Kuey do this. Uh, he he gave up one at one of the Grand Slams in the fall, and then win that game here, again, I'm not sure it was intentional based on the way they were sweeping. You know, if they were trying to give up one, it seems like they would have swept that rock. They didn't. Uh, and okay. <laughs> it seems like they were just okay with it. but it, it was hard to tell what the actual decision was, but ultimately going down one there, and uh, it, it pays off for him. So, very much uh, credit to the Cooey team and to Kevin Cooey individually for being able to pull that one out. But Brendan Botcher, you know, it's got to be tough. Two Briar finals in a row. And this one where, you know, you're a shot or two away from winning. And, you know, mo- all the credit to them. They had a great week, you know, playing through that wildcard game, which is tough uh, way back <laughs> when against John Epping. And they really did play well after that opening loss to Brad Jacobs, and they just got on a roll. Uh, So, you know, credit to them. And you got to think that next year, Alberta is theirs to lose with Kevin Cooey not being there in the provincial playdown. So, you know, I would sign up for another Cooey-Botcher final next year based on that game. So so definitely a, a, a very good final. You know, maybe not as dramatic as the women's final that we had a couple weeks ago, but uh, definitely a fun one to watch. Uh, earlier today in the semifinal, we have another tough loss for Brad Jacobs and his team. They won, of course, in 2013 before going to the final, or excuse me, going to the Olympics and winning a gold medal there in 2014. And since then, they have just been on the wrong side of the inch. Uh, here they have a four-three lead after the seven, blank and eight, blank and nine, and Brendan Botcher makes a double tap to win on his last one. Pretty natural angle, but he taps two of Jacob Stone's to tap one of his stones that's just outside the four-foot in for the second point. A tremendous shot by Brendan Botcher, and you know I, I, that's not as tough for Brad Jacobs, I, I would think. I didn't hear his comments after the game as when Pat Simmons put one on the pinhole uh, to win the Briar back in 2015. So, you know, it can't be as tough as that. But these guys, they, they have played so well in some of these playoff games. They have been so close. And just to come up that short uh, again and again, it's, you, you got to wonder what's going on. There was a stat that TSN showed that they run out and hide a lot not just in terms of how they play, getting a lead and being very defensive, but also these events. You know, they go seven, eight, no, and now in the past few years, they've. I think this year they lost three out of their last four. Last year they they struggled at the end of the week, so you just wonder what that trend is all about. You know, they're so intense. Does that ultimately lead to fatigue? E. J. Harden was hurt, uh, certainly last night in the semifinal game. You know, we saw him getting some. Uh, I think it was an Advil, for a shoulder, so maybe that had something to do with it. But as a team, in a semifinal, they throw 93%, and you can't really point to many misses for them. You know, Brad Jacobs on his last one in the 10th end, maybe it over curls, but it that, that was almost an impossible shot if you unless you throw it really hard. So who knows why they keep losing in this way, but, you know... You, you, you gotta feel a little bad for them, even though you know we're not the biggest fans of watching them on this show. They were better this year. EJ Harden, I think, has taken on the role of being the light-hearted one, keeping everybody loose and relaxed. That seemed to play well. There was a noticeable difference, I thought, in Ryan Fry. Brad Jacobs has also mellowed a bit. He's very reflective. He's, he's sort of pulling some Kevin Cooey action too, and how long he's taking. He likes to. Uh, he, he he says a lot now, well, let's think this through. And, you know, so they're a little calmer than they used to be. And and I think that'll bode well from them moving forward, but certainly a tough game for them this afternoon. Uh, overall, let's uh, go back to Saturday and the 3-4 game. The 1-2 game wasn't really much to talk about, just complete domination from <laughs> Kevin Cooey over Brad Jacobs, and A good job by them with the clocks moving forward for most of the country, good job by them to play fast and and just get it over with. But in the 3-4 game, what I think, you know, I like to joke a lot, and I think Scott would agree with me, that it's fun to make fun of the players for talking about picks. You know, there's always picks, and you know, whenever they miss a shot, they talk about a pick. But Brad Jacobs had a shot for two in the second end of the 3-4 game, that does pick. It's a real pick. The stone completely spins off the center line, and it's a steal of one. And that basically, you hate to say that was the game, but it really flipped the game. And Brendan Botcher is able to force in three and really had control of that game. Cracks in a four in the eighth end. But that pick, you know, it's a really tough break for Brad Gushu after the game. I think he called it one of the worst breaks that he's ever had in his career. And it's hard to argue with that. Uh, um, you know, it's big game. It's a relatively simple shot for two to, you know, get early control of a, a playoff game, a do or die game and a bad pick there. So a tough break for bad Brad Gushu, which is hurtful to me personally. I picked them to win uh, the uh, the whole thing uh, and they weren't quite able to recover, but a great week for Brad Gushu and his squad. So overall for the week that was in Brandon Manitoba, it was fun. It, it was a really good week. You look at the numbers, and the numbers are basically going to tell you what you might expect. Uh, the teams that did the best had the, the the important stats, the ones that you know we, we think are really reflective of, of being able to win. And, and if you go by the uh, hammer efficiency, for instance, uh, for the whole week, Team Alberta – And Team Northern Ontario, unsurprisingly, were the best at the hammer efficiency, scoring multiple points over half of the time where you have the hammer, which is very, very impressive. You look, too, at Brandon Botcher and his team, very effective with their use of the hammer and also blank ends. Brandon Botcher blanked a quarter of the ends that he had the hammer. So using that as a strategic tool, as we saw certainly in the final, being patient, waiting for your opportunities. You know, it's not the greatest TV all the time, but okay, you know, it's, uh, you know, you got to play for winning the game. It's not always about TV. So, So very effective there for them. And if you combine the blank efficiency with the, multi-point efficiency with the hammer, they're up over 60% there. So, so great effectiveness with the hammer for them. And same thing, Brad Gushu. So, you know, the, the guys who are converting with the hammer are the four teams that made the playoffs. And it's basically that simple. Um, you know, you, you hate to boil it down to that, uh, to, to sort of what, is going to win you games, but certainly I think hammer efficiency and the ability to score multiples with the hammers while not giving up steals as well is, is really an indicator of winning games and being a team that over the long haul, you're going to put yourself in a position to win a lot of games and the teams that can't do that are not going to win a whole bunch. And that's certainly what we saw this week overall. Uh, great job by Brandon. Seventy-five thousand people overall for the whole week. Pretty good attendance across the board. To uh, obviously the the playoff weekend was the the highest, uh, hovering around four thousand for all the playoff draws. And you know Friday was pretty full. But you know the, your your low point for attendance you're looking at morning draw on Monday. So to be expected, but overall, very good job by Brandon, and and it was a, a good event, well attended, crowds were good, crowds were loud, the most interesting story of the week for me is Team UConn, and uh, John Solberg and his squad, I, I loved this team, I loved watching this team, uh, Bob Smallwood, we talked about him in our preview, you know, he's been around and, and played in a bunch of these events, at uh, representing UConn, UConn. At mixed events, and he's been to the Briar before. I I just love watching him throw. uh, You know, he (laughs) brings his broom off the ice as he throws. But they beat Manitoba, draw seven, uh, seven to six. Probably the biggest upset that we've seen at a Briar in a while. uh, If maybe not ever, but certainly in a while. And they also beat Newfoundland and Labrador and Prince Edward Island. They went into the last draw on Friday afternoon. At three and three, with a chance to make it into the championship pool. Now, they were playing Northern Ontario. They lose 10 to five, which is not surprising. But if you had told these guys at the start of the week that they would have a chance to make it into the championship pool going into the last draw, definitely they would take that. And, you know, they lost by a point to Saskatchewan, too. Like they were in some games. And, you know, great job by them. Uh, they were fun to watch. You were sort of rooting for them, hoping against hope almost that they would be able to get it done. And uh, you know a three and four week for them, a very, very great week and, and a lot of fun for them to watch. I think overall, you know we're seeing again and again the the concentration at the top, the championship pool is' just it's too hard almost for a team at four and three to try and make the playoffs. It's just that tough. Now, uh, if you're not at the end of the the first pool, if you're not seven and o, six and one, maybe five and two, you're four and three you know, we've now done this four times with this format. No team at four and three has made the playoffs. It's hard to see it. Uh, you know, you'd ha- definitely have to run the table to get to eight and three because you know seven and four is probably not going to get you anything in this format. so, it's just so hard <laughs> to get in there, into that championship pool. And, you know, Jim Cotter goes 0-4 in the championship pool. Uh, and, you know, Saskatchewan, they go 1-3 in the championship pool. So it's just tough once you get in there at 4-3. and 3. Uh, Biggest disappointment of the week, got to be Manitoba. You know, if part of that is losing to UConn, of course. But they were in some tough games. And, and I think it has to be last Sunday night. You know they have a 5-1 lead against Brandon Botcher and Team Wildcard and uh, oh, excuse me five nothing even and they give up a, a three and then a steal three in the sixth and they end up going on to losing an extra and and that was I hate to say that that was the end of their week because obviously it wasn't but it's tough to come back from that they then they lose UCon- to Yukon in the next game and they just really never got it going again. So, a tough week from them. They were pressing, they were tight the whole time. And hopefully this team can figure it out cuz there's a lot of talent there. And certainly the, it seemed like they were putting pressure on themselves this week, but it, it just it, it was tough to watch that that wild card game for sure. So, you know, hopefully they can figure it out and again, so much talent there that's you would think at some point they could uh, get something together. So overall, a great week in Brandon. Those are my takeaways from it. Let me know what you think uh, on Twitter. You can certainly write into the show uh, on email as well. But uh, a great week in Brandon. Kind of sad it's over. Uh, Next stop is the Women's World Championship in Denmark. We'll be back later in the week. With our preview, Scott and I recorded that before he went to Poland. So we have that all queued up for you. So we'll probably drop that on Wednesday before the World Championship kicks off Saturday. First draw will be for Canadian viewers on TSN with Chelsea Carey taking on Team Korea. So there you have it, my Instant reaction and thoughts about the 2019 Briar from Brandon Manitoba. If you have not yet, please do subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, all those places, wherever you get your shows. Give us a like, rating, all that fun stuff. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Game of Stones Pod. I am on Twitter at Dr. Shawnee Fever, Scott at Scott Likes TV. You can email the show Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com. So we'll be back with you later in the week. But until then, keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that insert.